Welcome to Adulthood Made Easy, a podcast from Real Simple Magazine that will not only help you navigate real life, but win at real life. I'm your host, Sam Zabel. I tend to bring relationship problems to this show, but usually I make it seem like they're other people's problems and not my own. But today, we are dealing with one of my own personal problems and one that I'm sure everyone can relate to, and that is the question of the long-distance relationship. I myself have recently entered a long-distance relationship. I think as of today, it will be a week ago, uh, that my boyfriend went down to Duke to pursue law school for three years, and I had a mixture of feelings, sadness, which... I was expecting, but a lot more sadness than I was expecting. Nervousness, a little bit of loneliness, some confusion, some anxiety, and I'm ashamed to say a little bit of happiness to have all my own space and my own time back. So I wanted to talk to a couple who's been through the long distance relationship and succeeded and just get their advice. And luckily, my boss happens to be one half of that couple. So I've asked my boss, the executive editor of RealSimple.com, Laura Shocker, to join me with her husband, John Templon, who's an investigative data reporter at BuzzFeed News, to talk about what they did when they went long distance. And spoiler alert, they're now married. Uh, They got married last October. So welcome, Laura and John. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, thanks. Laura's like on the other side of the mic and and she's on the other side of the power dynamic. And it's great. (laughs) It's so awesome. I just feel awesome right now. You can ask me anything. I know this is really exciting. Usually it's like Laura's asking me the questions and sending me the directives. And now it's the other way around. So like I told I so when I was telling you this topic, I think Laura, was this topic your idea? Like, let's just be honest. Was this was your idea, wasn't it? I think so. You've been asking me to come on the podcast for a while, and I said I have nothing to talk about. And then you decided that you were going to enter into this long-distance relationship. To be fair, I did not decide. It feels like the relationship decided it for me. That's true. That's true. And then you didn't want to talk about it right away and I suggested it could be a good topic but now now we're we're here. Yeah. You're, you're you're ready. I know I'm really airing my my problems. So Same. So Laura came to, came to me and was like, "You know, I did long distance. She, she's done it a couple times. Um most recently obviously with John and I'd love for you guys to tell people kind of your story because you guys entered long distance. My boyfriend and I dated for like a year and a half-ish, and now we're long distance. But how long did you guys date? I mean, what was your story? We dated about two days before we went long distance. <laughs> Which we highly recommend. So we really established a strong foundation for our relationship. Um, That's amazing. We, 48 hours. Yeah, it was the yeah. A really good 48 hours. Yeah, they always say the first 48 hours of a relationship tell you if you can do long distance. So Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. We learned that from reality TV. (laughs) That's That's all you really need. (laughs) And so you went long. How long was long distance for you guys? So John and I were friends first in grad school. So it's not like we were total strangers. Mm -hmm. And then I had been kind of interested in him. And I, I just figured that he wasn't interested back because... There was there's no movement on that side. <laughs> that's a long and complicated story that's not worth getting into on this podcast. Okay, that's a whole it's a whole other thing about yes. like the female and male psyche and like yeah. what constitutes interested that yeah. for into all intents and purposes. Okay, so you guys so are friends. I was about to move to London at the end of grad school for an internship and I guess that imminent move persuaded John to make his move. And two days before I moved, um, he declared his interest. And we did decide that that was crazy and that we weren't going to be in a relationship while I was living in London and he was living in Chicago and that we weren't going to be boyfriend and girlfriend. But we 
were talking every day. We were emailing. Then we started Skyping. Um, and we were, for all intents and purposes, in a relationship. So here's my question. So I feel like there are two big conversations that you have in a relationship in the early stages. And one is to define it and, you know, to say, are we exclusive? Are we hooking up? Are we boyfriend and girlfriend? So before you jumped continents, you didn't even have the conversation of like what the label was. We discussed it and we decided that the label was that we were not boyfriend and girlfriend because that would be insane after two days. Laura's a pretty cautious person, so yeah. Laura would probably think that was insane <laughs> after two days. Right. But would you have said we're boyfriend and girlfriend? I mean, it was one of those things I don't think you really had to say. So I felt like it was kind of understood anyways. Yeah. It just seems like you were entering into just a really committed pen pal relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the email thread counts definitely bear that out. We were emailing each other at least once a day and the you know, the time difference. I would do it in my evening and then he would write back in his evening and I'd get it whenever I woke up. So what did you tell people? Like, did you tell you, your parents about each other? Like, did you te- like, would you have ever gone on a date if someone asked you out on a date in London? Like, what what was the story? I started to feel like I would have been cheating if I went on a date because I had this flirtation going and... We definitely had strong feelings for each other, but I told people that this sort of crazy thing was happening where this guy I was friends with was became more than friends right before I moved to London, and I didn't really know what it was. And eventually we decided that he was going to come to London to come visit me, and I think that that made me feel better, like we were moving towards something. Okay. Yeah, I feel like when someone's flying across an ocean to come visit you, you probably have it defined, or you're like, you're going to fly across an ocean so and john how did you think of laura was were you more like this is my girlfriend and this is it um this is so fun the window <laughs> i'm getting into my boss's life right now i mean i i think that we knew we were in a relationship i mean you don't exchange emails every day with somebody with like pretty detailed thoughts about like what you're thinking if you don't care about them so i think it was pretty self-explanatory and uh, i mean By the time, like, August came around, I was planning on flying there for Labor Day weekend and everything, so. Yeah, that's a long trip for just a short weekend. Yeah, it was fun, though. So once you guys were in the full long-distance part of it, you guys were boyfriend and girlfriend, the relationship was defined. What, I mean, what did you find was the hardest part of, of feeling like you were keeping a connection? Because I feel like one of the, what, what took what it took to make me feel really close to my boyfriend was that we were in person all the time. You can read expressions. People always say getting a text from someone, a punctuation mark can totally throw you off. I mean, what 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 did you struggle with, especially given that it started after a 48 hour whirlwind? So I came back that September and I didn't find a full-time job. I was looking for a full-time journalism job until January. So I had those few months. You came back to New York. I came back. I'm from Pennsylvania. And I moved to New York in November. And then I got a full-time job in January. But I spent a lot of that time in Chicago with John. And I feel like we had a really concentrated period of time. And he was living with two of our really good friends from grad school. And so I had kind of a pretense to go visit to, to spend time with them. And I feel like we really got to establish our relationship then. So we had a lot of quality time together. And I feel like the good thing about a long-distance relationship is that all of your time together is quality time. So there's no quantity, but it's all quality. And so we didn't get to see each other all the time, but whenever we did see each other, we knew that we had to make the most of it and that we really had to make sure that we were 
enjoying it. And sometimes that was a lot of pressure. And I, <laughs> I used to joke that like it would take me like a day to just get used to him again. And I was like, who are you? I don't know what this is. And then I would feel guilty about that because then we only have one more day left in a weekend. And I think that you just sort of have to let that go. And that some weekends might feel a little bit off, but that there's going to be a lot more weekends and that's okay. Yeah. And what about you, John? What was hardest for you? Yeah, well, I mean, it's worth noting that this was now Chicago to New York, so it was a little easier than London. Um, although I would like one thing I would recommend is emails are way better than text messages. Um, you can say a lot more in a thought. And I would say take the time to go write something down instead of sending 140 characters or like a tweet or something. Mm-hmm. You but, never tweeted me. No, I don't <laughs> yeah. tweet. If you're lot. tweeting your long distance boyfriend or girlfriend, <laughs> you're doing something wrong. But, but if you're texting, you're also like in a pretty ephemeral medium. So I would probably do something a little mm-hmm. more substantial. And yeah, I, I mean, the hardest part is just not being able to see the person all the time. Right. So uh, I thought we did a good job of kind of managing the time in between seeing each other. Are long distance relationships really expensive or is it just me? It's kind of so expensive. expensive. I remember that I'm not great at math. And one time I did the math on it and I presented to John how much money we would spend in a two year long distance relationship. and was like, we have to call this off. And he was like, it's a good investment. And I said, well, what if you move here and then it doesn't work out and then we wasted all this money? And obviously it's worked out, but that was really stressful. Yeah, um, it is expensive. Look for plane flights when you can find cheap ones, especially yeah. if you're going somewhere where you have to fly. And I, I mean, I flew the same airline. I flew American Airlines the entire time. And I ended up with gold status on the airline because I was <laughs> flying back and forth so much. So uh, it can work out, too, in good ways. Laura, look what you did. You got him gold status. Yeah, well, he's a much more glass half full kind of person. I was just <laughs> stressed. Well, so, OK, you and I have similar mental states when it comes to stress in that we are often stressed. Right. So you mentioned something, which is that, you know, you're making such an investment. What if it doesn't work out? I mean, when you're committing to someone who's moving away and you're saying, you know, I'm committing that I'm going to stay with you for three years and I'm investing all that time in flying to you, in making sure I call you every night, in, you know, not dating anyone else because, you know, I'm with you. And then assuming that on the other end of that, we'll get back together and and can you know then you get to oh gosh we have to think about the future and then we start thinking five years and I don't even like thinking about next weekend and you spiral so how did you deal with that that was hard for me because (laughs) I am a ball of stress but I just took it one day at a time and there were a few times where I tried to break up with him because I said really this is not a ton but a couple because I said this is a lot of money and this is a lot of time and what if it doesn't work out but the bottom line is that I didn't want to be broken up with him in that moment and so you It just didn't work out. And I finally had to say to myself that all I can do is be with the person who I want to be with in this moment. And if it doesn't work out, I can look back and say, I did the best that I could with the information that I had at that moment. And I made a mistake and I wouldn't have chosen anything differently in that moment. I don't have a crystal ball. I can't see the future. And I just have to take a breath and let it go. And I think you kind of have to do that with all of your life choices. Like we could all be making mistakes in all different kinds of ways. And I feel that way about my job. I mean, my boss is crazy. Yeah. I heard she's rough. Yeah. She's super rough. (laughs) Yeah. John, what was it like for Laura to come to you and say, I think we should break up. I don't think this is worth it. Well, I mean, I think one of the advantages you actually have is that you know that there's an end date. And I think like one of Laura's big issues and one of the things she was nervous about is that the long distance relationship was never going to end because I was working for a technology startup in Chicago. So there was 
obviously, I didn't really know when I was going to be moving to New York for a while. And then eventually we made a plan for me to actually move. And I think that helped a lot because I think a lot of the stress came in the beginning of the long distance relationship where we were trying to figure out, like, how does this work? And how long is it going to be? And and when are we actually going to get to be together for more than a weekend? And I think we eventually kind of worked on a plan and, and had a strategy and it kind of ended up working out. Did you find a good frequency for like it helped if we saw each other every X amount of months? I think definitely don't go longer than a month. And I think six weeks was my breaking point. If I went longer than six weeks, I got really grumpy. Um, (laughs) Our goal was that we would each try to go once a month, which was ideal because then we would see each other every two weeks. But that didn't always happen for sure. But that was the dream. And I think that having uh, long periods of time that break up the long distance is really great. So toward the end, John was able to work a week in New York every month. And that was really nice and kind of was a nice adjustment into being in the same city. And I think that you're going to have that because you're going to have summers and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think we should acknowledge, though, that if you don't have the funds to be flying back and forth, you know, something like that might not be as reasonable. It might. I mean, I'm even thinking funds notwithstanding, you know, my boyfriend has exams and it might not be reasonable for me to law school. The first year of law school is so rigorous that it might not be reasonable for me to show up at his door and be like, entertain me totally you know so what what are some other things that you guys did that made your time apart really special that you were able to maintain that connection over the interwebs or phone lines we talked on the phone a lot and i think that it sounds obvious and a little bit old-fashioned but it makes you really good communicators and i think that we just learned how to talk to each other a lot and when we're in person we just watch a lot of netflix and (laughs) we really only talk when we're eating dinner And I think that um, it helps you to be mindful that we can talk to each other and we can talk to each other about a lot of different things. And we established a relationship where we could only talk for a long time. And I think that that's a really good foundation and that we could talk to each other about anything and everything. And I think that that's really great and a good thing to be mindful of. I also think that there's like a lot of little things that you can do. Like I used to send John packages and they don't have to be expensive or filled with anything or sometimes whenever I would or filled with anything expensive sometimes whenever I would leave <laughs> yeah, they you can send packages that are <laughs> yeah. totally empty but it's super I wouldn't special. recommend that you can just send it with air hugs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes whenever I would leave I would like leave a note or I would leave a card and tell him to open it when he was missing me or something like that or to open it in a week or something like that or I would hide them and I think that little gestures like that can help to make it less painful I would also say, um, you know, in terms of like the talking on the phone thing, I before I got into this long distance relationship with Laura, thought I was terrible at talking to people on the phone. So uh, it kind of forced me to do that. And it was good. I feel like I got more used to it. And and when you are in the same city as someone or in the same place, you're always you know a lot more about that person inherently because you're there. Uh, and like so you know, like, what they're eating for dinner or whatever. But, like, that's something you can talk about when you're in a long-distance relationship because you don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, that can actually, like, help you get to know a person better in certain ways because, like, they're not assuming you know, oh, I went to this show last night because, you know, you didn't, you weren't there. So, Mm -hmm. Which social platform, if it were available when you guys were in a relationship, would you have been most excited to use? Definitely Snapchat. (laughs) (laughs) I had a feeling. Just because as you're saying it, it's kind of it's such a nice way to send someone little snippets of, oh, I'm at a show or dinner, like, you know, chicken for dinner. 
things like that. It sounds like that would be the part. It's, you know, the perfect platform. Yeah, it seems like that would be a good idea. I'm but trying that to make have that to happen. be your answer, John. You trying to make that happen answer. in our close distance relationship, and he's just not having it. <laughs> oh, you're not a Snapchat person. I mean, I Snapchat, but I don't respond to every Snapchat Laura sends. She sends a lot. It's fair. <laughs> you do not have to. You do not have to at all. You guys ended, obviously, your long distance relationship, which is another tricky part of, mm-hmm. and definitely part of it, the transition back into being together. And I imagine, you know, like you said, you have to get used to each other again. You have to make space for each other again in a different way. And there's no end date on that either. Like you were talking about before, John, not seeing an end in sight. Now this, you have the new normal you have to adjust to again. What was the adjustment period like when John moved back to New York or moved to New York for the first time? Well, luckily, when I moved to New York, we weren't living. Well, we were I, I like stayed with her for a little while so I could find a place. But then I found a place relatively quickly in New York and had my own space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that helped the transition because we weren't like thrust into immediately spending every moment together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like like as time went on, like we wanted to spend more and more time together. and We got more used to each other again and we got used to being in the same city. And and that was good. And I feel like because we were in a long distance relationship for a while, we each had our own things that we like enjoy doing on our own and i think that's good for a relationship so like i cover college basketball in my free time i was doing that in chicago because i had lots of free time because laura wasn't around and so i continued doing that here in new york and so that gives me something like that entertains me while you know laura's out with girlfriend she met when she was you know working here in new york alone or something like that so i feel like that's a good part of it yeah, that's true. That's something, Laura, you and I talked about was that, especially for when you're young and you're just starting out in your career, you just moved to a new city, a long distance relationship can be kind of a blessing. I feel that way. I feel like in your early 20s or in a formative part of your career, it's really actually helpful because I was able to go, um, not that I wouldn't have if I'd been in a relationship, I can only imagine, but I was able to be all in on those moments where I, you know, was the first one in at work and the last one out. And I, I focused a hundred percent and I could stay late and I could be um, totally invested in that. And then when John came to visit, that was also something that I could be totally invested in. And I feel like I had two different mindsets and I was also really able to invest in my, my friendships, my um, female friendships in particular for me. And I never had to worry about somebody waiting for me at home or conflicting plans. And I feel like I was able to build something really important for me as a foundation in New York that I still have. And when John first moved to New York, um, like you mentioned, we didn't live together. And for us, that was definitely the right decision because I just wanted to know what it was like to live in the same city as him and to not have the pressure of also knowing what it was like to live with him. And I think... um, that I still wanted to maintain all these great friendships that I'd built up in my career. And I felt like I had this this really great life in New York. And I don't know what it would have been like if I'd been dating somebody. And I'm sure it would have been great, too, but just in a different way. And I think that for me, it really worked. Were you nervous when John finally was moving to New York? A little bit. I think there were definitely a few moments where he would be sort of waiting for me. And I'd be like, well, at the last minute, I want to go shopping with a friend or I want to go to dinner. And that's what I do. And he never resented it or was mean to me about it or anything like that. And so I just learned that we could definitely each have our own independent lives. And I think that makes a relationship even stronger. How long do you think it took you guys to find to kind of adjust and find that new normal? I actually feel like it felt very normal very quickly. I feel like we maybe took a few months 
Yeah, I was going to say a few months. I didn't know if that <laughs> John's like, I don't know very, very quickly. quickly. <laughs> yeah. John's like, I don't know if I, I still am having trouble, honestly. <laughs> That's good. A few months is not too bad. And then how do you think that you would deal with a long-distance relationship now, now that you guys are married, now that you guys, like, you know, John, if you had to go abroad for six months to cover, to do some investigative data reporting somewhere or something like that, how do you think you would handle it differently now that you've you've done it for two years? I think that would be terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we'd be really bad at it now. Really? Actually. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we've been together now. You guys, you're bestowing all this advice. I know, but now we've been together for seven years and we are so used to each other. And we joke that if one leaves for a weekend that like John forgets to eat, I sleep funny, like we're a mess. And we still have these like independent work lives and like John still has his basketball life and I still we both still have our own friends but I think that we have really gotten used to each other and we obviously still do it like we're not like codependent and crazy but I think it would be (laughs) difficult and um, I really am glad that we did it when we did it at that stage in our relationship and I have a lot of close girlfriends who have had long distance relationships at other stages in their relationship who have done it while they've been engaged at early stages of being married. And I have a lot of respect for them because I think that that's even more difficult. And John, you feel the same way? Yeah. You think it'd be diff- you can tell me if you feel differently. No, I, I think it would be really if you difficult. Think it would be super, to get rid of me? If you think it'd be super easy to move across country, you can tell us. It's no, okay. I like Laura said, I don't function particularly well when she's not around anymore just because we're so like used to each other. And when we did move to the same city, we like built a life together. And I feel like one of the things with like we didn't have to deal with the detangling process, which I definitely think is like part yeah, two, of it. There's not much to detangle after right. two days. It's pretty much just like one shoelace, <laughs> like right out of the box. <laughs> exactly. But like for people who have maybe been dating in the same city for like a year and then somebody moves away, like there's definitely a process of getting used to that. Right. And that's yeah. kind of becomes your new normal. Yeah, you're telling me. Yeah. Let's hear about that, Sam. <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. Well, I think it's what you said. I think I there are parts of my life I definitely have way more free time than I I don't remember ever having this much free time, but I must have. I had must have had 23 years of it and I'm just forgot all about it. And I have all this free time and my apartment's a little bit cleaner and I have watched two and a half seasons of Parks and Rec in like three days, which is something I haven't done in. A year and a half. Mm-hmm. I've gotten close, though. I haven't totally abandoned that ability. And, yeah, you just – it's all about, like, finding those pockets of free time. I've done really weird things. Like, I meal planned on Sunday because I was out of things to do, so I, like, planned out my grocery list for the week. I haven't done that ever in my entire life. I cleaned my whole apartment. I changed a light bulb that has been out for six months, and so I finally changed that. Congratulations. So, yeah, so I'm doing a lot of things that I just – I have to fill my time all of a sudden, but it's it's nice. It's it's a good thing, and we've talked a lot. I actually asked him before. I told him I was doing this podcast, and he was a little nervous about it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm doing a show on long-distance relationships, and I said, okay, how do you think ours is going? It's been a week. I said, how do you think ours is going? He said, I think it's going pretty well, and I said, okay, give it a score out of 10, and he said, well, I think you're a ten, you're doing 10 out of 10, meaning I get an A+. Plus. And well he said, done, Dan. No. Oh, I, he, no, he, I thought he I asked that. him. No, no, no. I asked him to rate our relationship out of 10. And he gave me a 10. And he said he was at an eight. And I said that was fair. (laughs) 
<laughs> because he's been busy and he's been doing law school stuff. So he hasn't been able to answer all my Snapchats. Mm. And I've answered all of his. So mm-hmm. I'm at a 10. And that's really all that matters is that I'm the 10 out of 10. So yeah. I'm happy. I, I That's what I'm saying well done about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I'm A+, plus, which is really all I want in life. And uh, we'll have I mean, check in with me in 2019. We'll see how this went, I guess. <laughs> that uh, that we'll free time see. thing is really true. Uh, people used to ask me all the time when I lived in Chicago how I got so much done. And I was like, because I have so much time on my hands. Oh, my like, God. I mean, uh, I've really sorry, done I'm stuff. such a time suck. <laughs> it's not even that, but it's like you can't get stuff done when – you know, if someone's talking to you on the couch, you're like, well, I can't, I, you know, I want to focus on what we're doing. But if no one's there to talk to you on the couch, you can put the TV on, you can vacuum, you can cook something, you can make dessert and a side dish and then also clean the dishes and they don't sit in the sink. And you can change a light bulb and you can do all this stuff before bed. And it's it's frightening. It's I mean, it's good, but it's just there's so much time in the world. And I had no idea. It's very exciting. So, uh. I have another light bulb to change tonight. But this conversation has been adorable and very helpful. So thanks to both of you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I would say good luck to you guys, but you're married and you're pretty much doing it. So everybody could use a little luck. Yeah, Yeah. good luck just in general. And yeah, it was so great to have you guys on Adulthood Made Easy. Laura, I'll uh, I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Sounds good. See you tomorrow. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Adulthood Made Easy. If you have questions or topics you'd like me to cover in the future, just tweet them to me at Zabel and I'll add them to my list. I'd like to thank our editor, Tim Einenkel, and our producer, Kristen Meinzer. And don't forget to subscribe and rate the show if you're enjoying it. The more people that rate it, the easier it is for others to find the show. I'm Sam Zabel, and I'll see you next time.